Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Here we are. And today we're talking some trade noise, some pretender contender conversation, and just checking around the league as a whole, seeing what the big stories are, seeing what teams are worth paying attention to. And that's that. Yeah, just some good old trade fodder, chitter chatter. What more could you want? So today we start at the top of the Eastern Conference. Two teams that are trending in interesting directions. We got at the top of the East right now. It's the, the way it's shaken out over the past couple months has been interesting. At first, it was Brooklyn and Chicago. Brooklyn has fallen off amidst the Kevin Durant injury, amidst Kyrie Irving continuing to only play in half of their games, and now James Harden with his own injury issues, and Chicago. Although they still are the number one seed currently, based because Miami got crushed last night to, to against Boston. Boston without Jimmy Butler and without Kyle Lowry. But Chicago has dealt with their own injury stuff. Lonzo Ball out for a decent chunk of time. He had knee surgery. He was ruled out six to eight weeks, so he's not coming back anytime soon. They do, they do have Vucevic back. They do have Levine back. They do have DeMar DeRozan in the lineup still. But this was a team that lost Patrick Williams early on, was never really built for depth. So they're having their own struggles. But right now we're going to focus on Chicago, Miami, and talk about are these truly the two best teams in the East? Are either of them real contenders? Are both of them real contenders? Just kind of mincing that out. So, Phil, I'll let you lead. Chicago and Miami, right now, the two top teams in the Eastern Conference are either of them real threats or neither of them real, threat, real, real threats? Where do you take that? I think it's possible that they could grow into one. Right now, I think Miami's kind of the headliner. They have a lot more depth, and the way they've been playing, it just seems like they have that next man up mentality. Um, just in terms of not having key players, the Bulls have been missing people for a shorter amount of time, but they've had DeRozan and Levine in place, as well as Vucevic. And I think the questions kind of fall on Vucevic as the odd man out where he just doesn't seem to fit what they're trying to do. And if you want to do revisionist history, they gave up Wendell Carter Jr., who's kind of playing to that specific mold that the Bulls kind of were hoping Vuce would play. So, yeah, it's kind of weird with Vucevic right now. We don't know exactly how he's going to be able to round into to form or if he's ever going to again. And that really changes the dynamic of how they're going to you know play moving forward. And, like, I want to know... With the deadline coming up, do you think there's a move that makes sense for either team, or do you think right now they should just kind of stand pat? Yeah, I've been talking about the Vucevic thing for a while. I mean, when it happened, I I, I thought they'd get better by getting Vucevic, but I thought the price was a little too hefty. And after this offseason, it made a little bit more sense. I was like, all right, the, you know, they're kind of doing a little bit of a star get-together and just forming as much firepower as needed. I don't think anybody expected DeRozan to be as productive, as efficient as he's been. And realistically, like you don't really want your center that involved in the offense when you have DeRozan and Levine being as efficient as they are. I mean, their stats are almost identical. Uh, like Two is enough uh, for them. And yeah, as you said, like they would much better be suited, I think, if they had an athletic, bouncy center that sets screens uh, does his work on the boards, both offensively and defensively, runs the floor. Vujovic's three-point shooting is nice, but overall, I don't think he's the best fit. So that's that. However, I don't think you're going to be able to move Vujovic. I think that if you're looking trades, first off with Chicago, and then we could talk Miami. 
I think that there's one guy, and it's Patrick Williams. So, Patrick Williams, he's not going to play this season. He fractured his wrist. I think the organization likes him a lot. He looked real good last year. Yeah, he, he does a lot of good stuff on the court. I think that probably every team around the league views him as a long-term NBA productive player. Now, do teams view him as a star? I don't know. What would teams be willing to give up for him? I'm not sure. It's uh, you know, it's been circling around is a guy like Jeremy Grant worth it for Patrick Williams if you're Chicago? I'm not sure. I don't know if Grant gets the job done for me. However, it does add some versatility in terms of a little bit of shot making, a little bit of defense on the perimeter. Uh, because other than that, their their roster is full of replacement players. They've already shipped off a lot of their valuable picks in the Vucevic trade. Lonzo Ball, although he's hurt, he's been really good for them. I think he's a perfect fit. They're not going to be willing. To tr- they're not going to be looking to trade him. Uh, so really, it's Patrick Williams. Uh, do you do you agree with that assessment? Is there anybody in mind that you think would make sense for Patrick Williams? <clears throat> well, I mean, I kind of like the Jeremy Grant thing. I haven't heard of that yet. It does make a lot of sense. I think it's tough to gauge because you really don't know where Patrick Williams goes from here. I don't think the injury is going to be one of those things that like nags him forever, but you just don't know the potential, and you're kind of in the we got to push forward now. We can't just kind of wait and see what happens because it could kill you. So, yeah, I mean, I think Jeremy Grant makes a lot of sense for what Vucevic is kind of lacking now, which is that versatility on defense and then that three-point shot. His his number from numbers from three have really fallen off. I think he's shooting like 32%. Mm. So it's like the things you brought him in for to space the floor and to be a little bit versatile but mostly anchor the defense he's maybe a step slower in and you hope that's just maybe i don't know whatever it is injuries play whatever figuring it out but if it is if that is how it is for the rest of his contract then that's going to be a problem and it's not what they signed up for so yeah but trade value or trade assets they do have one of the two point guard prospects they could kind of float someone's way i don't know the interest in ao Desamu or kobe white there is around the league but it seems like both of them have – you're not going to run both of them as your, your backcourt for the bench. You're gonna, you can get rid of one and get some kind of asset back. I agree. I think I, – yeah, those are, those are the other guys with some intrigue probably around the league. I just think they probably has, be hesitant to trade Kobe White just based on his value not being what they probably want uh, to trade him. It's when you're dealing with young players, you probably don't want to trade them unless they're due for money and you're, you know you're not going to pay it. Or their value has risen to the point where it makes sense. I mean, Kobe White, is, I don't even know if he's yielding a first-round pick around the league. Uh, I guess he, yeah, no, I mean. he could be another player that you throw in for a deal. As a sweetener, I suppose, because he definitely probably does have some fans around the league. When you think trade, though, you also think of a team in Sacramento that has been buzzing around the league just because they're kind of a dumpster fire. And this just popped in my head. I don't know how the money would work out, but if they go to Fox and say, listen, we're going to retool a little bit here. We know this isn't the competing team, and they still want to build around Fox, which I do still think... They're gonna. They they want to hold on to Fox and Halburn as their backcourt to build around. You have Buddy Heald. You have Rashawn Holmes, who's a who's a productive player that a team like Chicago would want. If you get Patrick Williams to Sacramento 
and you're willing to take on a guy like Holmes, so I think would be a perfect fit with Chicago. Buddy Heald to add some shooting. Again, the money's not going to work, so you're going to have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know how you would do that. You just add shit to the shopping cart yeah. at this point. I don't really know how you would do that. Uh, maybe you get a three-team thing going on. I'm not a cap guy, but I think those are the teams you have to be focused on. Teams like Detroit, Sacramento, that are willing to take the risk of a Patrick Williams and have some NBA-made players that could help Chicago right now. And then you throw in the third-team people who are like, prospects probably still Detroit Indiana and maybe Orlando who are willing to help facilitate get some contracts in the right place and they'll also take a little sweetener on the side so it's it's definitely in place I don't know if you could get all those pieces it's like probably Buddy Heald and I don't know who else was in the trade Buddy Heald Holmes and was that was it that's that's on my mind okay yeah no I mean you could get it to work you definitely need some some money matchings but maybe send the Kings um What's his name on Indiana? Karis LeVert. And then King send a pick and mm. Bulls send a prospect or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the Kobe White offspout goes. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we want. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely on the table. Yeah. But overall with Chicago, I'm I'm in the same place I was with them a few weeks ago where I, th- I think they're at the top of the East. I mean, with the, with the NBA regular season, I, we've been through it enough to kind of understand that the talent usually plays itself out and – I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get off of Milwaukee and Brooklyn as being a tier above everybody else, despite both of them struggling in their own ways. And I kind of think the same way about Miami. And we could pivot to them and talk. I was gonna say, talk. speaking of talent, yeah. And Miami probably has a little bit more top end talent than Chicago, but I still think there's some holes there. And you know, last night I, I didn't watch the whole game. Uh, I was flipping back and forth between them and the Knicks, but last night was just kind of a microcosm of why I'm cons- I don't think this Miami team is ready to compete and it falls on one player and it's Bam Adebayo. I you everybody's going to be talking about Duncan Robinson. He's not having the best shooting season. I I get it. Sure, Duncan Robinson, you you paid him enough to shoot better than 36% from 3, which isn't horrific, but you'd want that number to be higher. But until this team can rely on Bam Adebayo to be a real score a real offensive threat i know he does a lot of other stuff to help the team win but he scores 12 points last night in a game where lowry and butler aren't there i mean that's just not going to cut it and you're going to be playing superstars in the east and you're going to be playing superstars in the finals if you somehow make your way there they need we they need more playmakers than jimmy butler and at this point tyler harrow is probably their second most their their second best offensive player it's just not going to cut it so that's where I am with Miami. In terms of getting the roster better, I wouldn't want to trade Bam, but I probably want. I mean, Doug Robinson could be on the block. That's pretty much all they have of value. I guess you know you got Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, but I wouldn't even want to trade them. They're they're they've been they're pretty good. So well, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. They're playing well, so those aren't the kind of guys you want to give up. This is the roster. It's not a bad roster, but I'm not buying into them as being a contender. Until I see Bam out of bio take his game to another level, which we haven't seen this year. I mean, again, it's good. 17.6 points per game, 9.9 rebounds. I don't want to just recite stats, but until we see those elevate to the level that we want to see. I'm, we remember in the bubble, we were watching this guy and everybody's saying, oh, this guy's got the Anthony Davis type game. This guy's got the Kevin Garnett type game. Well, he's not putting up production like Anthony Davis and Kevin Garnett. Right now, he's still playing like a fringe all-star, non-all-NBA level talent. 
until that changes, this team is good, but not at the top of the top. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of fall onto Bam. I think a lot of it does kind of depend on how his game rounds out. There was a lot of time in the beginning where they're like, oh, he's kind of a he's a six ten center. He's bouncy, so he's able to keep up with people, and he's fast enough to you know guard people on the perimeter. And on offense, it was just kind of those intangibles of being an athlete, and mm. then nothing's really grown from that. His post game is still kind of he's going to back you down. He's not going to yeah. spin around, give you any kind of hook or any jump shot. Mm-hmm. So it's it's working on those smaller things, and we've been waiting on that for. Yeah, I guess this is the third, maybe second season, because we've been waiting since around the bubble, maybe a little yeah. before then. We need to see more improvement in what needs to be done, as opposed to you know him just kind of doing the same thing, a la Ben Simmons. Not to say it's the yeah. same. And th- and this is the first season where his point per game average is not has not increased, Pumping, yeah. and he missed a lot of games. He's only played twenty six, but still, I mean, he going back to that bubble season, he that was his first All Star year. He was giving you 16 and 10, and you saw in the bubble he really took his game another notch. And a lot of people, I think, viewed the bubble as, like, the next season. It was like, oh, this is this is the start of the ascension. And to an extent, that carried over last year until he got exposed in the playoffs by Milwaukee. But he still ended last year with 18.7, so that was roughly a three-point increase from the year before. But now it seems like he stagnated, and I haven't seen a whole lot of jump in his game. Yeah, no, I think a lot of the injury stuff kind of really muddies it up because, what was it, right right when the bubble, it was in the finals he hurt his back, or he had some shoulders. Yeah, he had some issues in, in the finals. Yeah, either way, it's been like a back, it's been a shoulder, and it was a shooting shoulder. I think that was last year, and now it's like parts of the hand on the like thumb, so yeah. a lot of the parts that will make it harder to work on the more skilled parts of being a jump shooter are just going to get, you know spotted or pushed away because he's he's got to focus on just scoring he can't work on these things with all these different injuries mm-hmm. going on and yada yada so i i don't know it's a weird light but yeah what you were saying before tyler harrow is you know going to be the new offensive fulcrum when it's just bench time and kyle lowry's back and jimmy butler and kyle lowry are handling everything but yeah i mean uh what's his name pj tucker he's doing pretty <laughs> well this year you, you enjoy the pj tucker experience in miami He's he's eating the culture. Yeah, P. P. J. Tucker's doing what P. J. Tucker was brought to do. I think. He, yeah, threes he, kind of D's. Yeah, threes kind of D's, and if they play the Nets, he's gonna bother Kevin Durant. So that's pretty much what you sign up for. Yeah. Uh, before we move on fully from the East, we gotta give a little bit of respect to Philadelphia because they're all the way up to three in the they are East. Moving. They're moving. And moving. Joel Embiid, I think at this point, uh, after the early season conversation was Curry and Durant for MVP. I think right now the clear two front runners are Embiid and Jokic, kind of back to last year. Back to the battle of the pavement. Yeah, back back to last year before Embiid had that injury, which kind of took him out of the race, and Jokic really took control of it. Right now, I think people would probably lean towards Embiid just because Jokic got last year, so that right, probably we'd like to see. So that yeah, so that would be the tiebreaker. They're also, both deserving though. No, yeah, um, there was a stat. I think it was ESPN yesterday. If he puts up, I think more than thirty five the next yeah. game he plays in, he's going to average thirty and ten. Or he's going to be averaging 30 and 10, which is just yeah. a ridiculous feat. Yeah, and also I, I, I read if he scores like 25, if he scored 25, yes. Oh, he didn't play yesterday, so actually yeah, he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't do that. Well, that's the thing I want but, to get to later, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, if, if he did play yesterday, he was going to, and, and scored like 23 points, he would have been one of three sixers, I think, to score some crazy amount of points in one month because he's been 
absolutely. It was a him, Chamberlain, and Iverson, I believe. Yeah. But, yeah, what were you going to say about Embiid? No, basically, last night, I don't know if you watched any, but the Memphis-Philadelphia game, I watched maybe the last five minutes of the fourth quarter and then overtime, and it was just crazy how much stepping up there was from Maxi, there was mm-hmm. from Curry. I mean, Curry's doing well. Tobias seemed to have a good game, too. For some reason, Tobias, yeah. whenever, whenever he's actually needed, mm-hmm. he cares and he plays well. It's ridiculous that if Tobias puts up, you know, maybe 80% of what he did last night can more consistently, the Sixers' stock in terms of how good they'll be in the playoffs would be drastically different. Yeah. Tobias is operating maybe at 45% of that, of how good he is when he put up what he put up last night. He's, I think, 31 or something like that. I think Maxie at 33. Yeah, Maxie's really stepping into his role. He looks interesting as a prospect and is just a combo guard. I assume his best role is coming off the bench, but he's just been... Yeah. We stirred into the, the starting front. Mm-hmm. But it's so sad just to think about what they need in terms of with this group. <laughs> and it's, it does seem pretty to a T that, like, you know, big wing, play making, <laughs> maybe some yeah. defense. It's, yeah, we don't, I don't think we have the energy to really get into the Simmons I conversation know, today, I'm but it's, it's pretty That's crazy. A, it's pretty crazy that, that so, you know, a high level athlete can look at a roster. In an, in another season where the NBA is wide open, and I think if all things are equal and everybody's playing, Brooklyn has the best team. But there are so many question marks surrounding them that you cannot call them predictable favorite. It would be completely irresponsible to do so. Between Kyrie Irving playing only half of the games, the replacement players being replacement players, Joe Harris still out. I don't think anybody's got any idea what's going on with that. Yeah, Na- getting lurked back like yeah, Nash has been saying that he hasn't progressed the way they thought they would. So there's a ton of questions with pretty much every team. Milwaukee, even though I don't think we're going to get to them today because I don't really feel like talking about them. No, but let's, let's do this. Let's break the Milwaukee not playing good. two minutes for Milwaukee. Milwaukee's not playing well right now. They're not. And <laughs> I, I know the, the ESPN chomping bit is, do you know how many games the three big three have played together? Yeah. And it does, it's like 20. It shouldn't matter. That's about half of the games at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not a really viable excuse. But, yeah, I mean, Giannis is playing well. I think a lot of the guys that they brought in that were going to be more like Pat Connaughton's, like Grayson Allen and Dante DiVincenzo, they're given a lot of minutes. DiVincenzo's been horrible. Right, they're given a lot of minutes now so they can kind of do what Clay did and get back in form and theoretically be good by the playoffs. But that might, you know, hurt them. Hurt them now and then hurt them later because who knows if DiVincenzo's even worth it to have on the floor. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're active at all in the trade market. Right now, Brook Lopez has only played one game. That's, I forgot about Brook. Yeah, that's... Yeah, but, that I mean, that shouldn't make this much of an impact. Well, but. right, yeah. He, does, he probably helps win another For sure. five, six games. Whatever. All right, there's our two minutes of Milwaukee was even less. Yeah, and that's all I have for them right now. Uh, we, we could go Cleveland right now. Do you... I want to go quick question. Uh-huh. Out of the two we were just talking about, Bulls, Heat, you have to point one in the direction of a contender and one in the direction of a pretender. Which who are you going where and why? Mm, I'm uh, I'll lean Miami. I think Miami I trust a little bit more. I think defensively they have a lot more flexibility. I'm still I, I think Chicago Chicago's been playing really good defense, kind of just leaning on that perimeter D. But in a league where matchups are everything and. In the playoffs where you can game plan, I think they have just a few more weak spots defensively than Miami has. 
and I trust the experience more with the Heat. I think that Chicago's a better offensive team, actually, and DeRozan and Levine have... You can't say anything bad about them. I do trust them in the postseason, but overall, I think Miami has the better roster. But again, I'm not really completely sold on either of them. The East is wide open. I'm still taking Brooklyn, but... Yeah, yeah, just for the sake of uh, the experiment, I'd go the same way, too. I think Miami has more versatile talent in terms of the guys that can play offense could also play defense, whereas... Mm -hmm. It may not be the exact case with DeRozan and Levine, and then some guys that can play defense can't exactly be offensive fulcrums with Caruso or Lonzo. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just different with Miami. And, uh, yeah, I mean, my whole thing with this was that I think Miami or the Bulls will be in – one of them will be in the conference finals, not Mm -hmm. in, like, a cheat way where they're going to play each other to get into the conference finals. I think if it's, like, Miami or the Bulls versus Nets and then whoever against – probably the Bucks. Yeah. One of those matchups is going to turn their way, you know? Yeah. Because there's, I don't know, there's just too much on them where the Nets might just get lopsided, the Bucks might just get displaced. I don't know if the Nets or the Bucks, uh Miami series last year was a fluke or not. Maybe the year before was a fluke and <laughs> last year was the, the answer, but there's a very interesting dynam- dynamic between those two. I hope to see Miami and the Bucks in the playoffs at some point. Yeah, well, right now, I mean, a lot's going to change. It's pretty clustered between, I'm pretty much one, one through six are, are is separated by two games. Anybody's game. But right now, both Brooklyn and Milwaukee would be road teams, which Brooklyn might prefer because now you get extra game for Kyrie. Yeah, Where, where's Brooklyn right now? Right six? now, there's six. And they, who are they playing in third seed? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I thought it was Cleveland. Right now, Philadelphia's up by a half game. Oh, okay. You send Kyrie to Philadelphia, I mean, that'd be for, for probably four games out of the... That'd be fun. Seven, it'd be good. He'd be there. Yeah. He'd be present. Yeah. Doesn't even have to take a plane. Yeah. Harden gets to, you know, scope it out anyway. Mm, yeah, exactly. We'll get there. We'll get there. Look, look at the suburbs. Yeah. Okay. So we were going to talk Cleveland, but I want to ask a West question. Yeah. Because the, the West landscape looks different from the East landscape where it's, it's not as clustered. And the back the back end is really just... Ugh. It's like the Lakers and then a drop-off, right? Well, right now, it's... Yeah, well, it's for, in terms of in terms of the play-in, but, I mean, the Lakers are three games under 500, and they're the nine. Yeah. Uh, compared to the East, Boston's two games over 500, they're, and they're the nine. So, after, after Dallas, really, Dallas is the six, you got a lot of teams that are hovering around 500, but I want to focus on the top for a second, because... Phoenix is rolling. Phoenix has distanced himself from Golden State to an extent. They're three games ahead of Golden State now. They've won 10 in a row. Do you think Phoenix is this much better than the rest of the West? In terms of being like the far and away best team in the West right now, and so that's what they are in yeah. playoff time? Yeah. Uh, I would say no. We kind of threw out an idea of talking about this in a video about like a month ago who really, since the Lakers kind of fell off their pedestal, who's really the king of the West right now? Is it the Warriors? Is it the Suns? Is it nobody? Because it's really not that far, or really not that close of a race, or whatever, mm. maybe. Um, I don't think it's that close. They're that far away. I think it's very close between the Warriors. The Grizzlies could just be a weird, funky little thing. Yeah, I, I think the Grizzlies Suns are a weird, be- funky little thing. Grizzlies could be a weird, funky little thing. <laughs> That's all they are? They could be a weird, funky little thing. What are the Bengals? 
in the Super they Bowl. They are a weird, funky little <laughs> so, thing. Okay, so you say that you you say that endearingly. I say it endearingly, 100%. Okay. I enjoy the jaw experience. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, the jaw and Triple J. Jodge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, the Suns are definitely the best in the West, I think. Okay, so you the think Warriors, they should be favorited to win the West? Right now, barring like injuries and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, their bench is just better than the Warriors. I very much hesitate on the Warriors bench because it's all fast break, and we know how the playoffs go. They mm-hmm. break down. Yeah. Are you really going to create on – you're going to expect Wiggins – Peyton, Peyton Jr., uh, what's his name? Kevin Looney. I don't know. Who's the other two? Damian Lee, Kaminga. Kaminga. Are they going to create their own offense? You need to throw, like, Poole out there, or Wiggins needs to be on and firing on all cylinders for that to work as a unit. Yeah. It's a weird little thing. Yeah, Golden State's an in- interesting one. I-, I think with Phoenix, they've-, they've played the best, and they probably should be the favorite. With Golden State, th- their offense is still okay, which is weird considering they have Stephen Curry, but, you know, it's been documented Curry's not shooting the way he, he has that, in past years. He hit the marker and he just... <laughs> I, I mean, last night even, because I watched the fourth quarter of Warriors-Rockets, and it's a struggle for this team at times offensively in the half court. I mean, Curry made some absurd shots, which he will do, and he's capable of doing pretty consistently even in a playoff series. Was it a close game? It was a close game, and at, I think it was as close as five in the fourth, and Curry went nuclear. He scored 21 in the fourth quarter, I think. Okay. So that'll happen, but there's not a ton of guys you consistently trust on that offense to make plays, work out of pick-and-rolls, attack closeouts, make good decisions, y- yada, yada. Wiggins is good, but even last night he did some eh, things. He, he, shot, he, he shot relatively, relatively efficiently, but he had one play in the fourth. He, he did a turnaround banker from the wing, and, and that was rough. Just overall, I don't know how much talent they have to consist. We've seen Curry get mauled in the playoffs just be, just through sheer attention. And having Clay as that other guy has always been nice. Is Clay going to be that in the playoffs? I'm not sure. He's still clearly working his way back into it. Right now, their defense is carrying them. They got the number one defense in the NBA. But I think the concerns about Golden State are real, and Phoenix has definitely distanced themselves from them. If there's another team, it would, for me, it's still the Lakers just because of their top-end talent. But the Lakers are impossible to evaluate right now because they never play with their team. And yeah. Westbrook's actually playing better right now. Oh, but yeah, you will admit it. He is. Westbrook's we playing. A, we had a very aggravated debate. Like, what was it? Months ago, who was who was the twenty what was it the twenty fifth best player in the league? Mm. It was either West. I was voting Westbrook. You were voting Middleton. Granted, if we look at it now, probably Westbrook would get bumped up, bumped higher. You know, higher than twenty five. Uh, so when, worse. But Middleton, yeah, he'd be worse. Yeah, okay. That's a weird way of saying it. Um, but Middleton would too. Maybe. Yeah. I, have, I mean, other guys. Other guys would bump. I mean, probably also had Julius Randle in that conversation. So yeah, the whole list, the whole list, probably should be thrown yeah, out. It should be done again. But. Uh, Westbrook's been playing better, but we still haven't seen him with LeBron uh, consistently. He he does – Westbrook, the problem with him is he does better with the less stars he plays with, and molding his game with other guys has always been the issue. So it's still impossible to evaluate this team. LeBron's out again tomorrow, it was already reported, with knee soreness. So That's this, a scary thought. Th- this is a team we're not going to have a ton of intel on going to the playoffs. I think we just have to accept that. But I'm still going to bank on the high-end talent over a lot of other teams. But I could be dead wrong. This team could lose in five games in the first round, and I wouldn't be shocked. I still think the Lakers will be interesting. I mean, we made our picks, and I picked the Lakers Bucks, and I'll just die with it whether it's right mm. or wrong. Um, but it just makes sense in terms of the lineup that Westbrook 
is kind of that Harden piece with the Nets where it's Kyrie and KD for the majority of that second half of the first quarter and then Harden in the bench for yeah. that second quarter on to whatever point. You do LeBron and AD, that works. It's very efficient. You put Westbrook with the bench. It's worked from all these games that we're watching right now where he only has the bench to play with. And you just kind of stagger those minutes until the fourth where, you know, things come together. It just seems like a lot more sensible. I don't think Russ and AD make a lot of court sense because they neither of them can shoot very staggeringly. Neither mm-hmm. of them can shoot. So it's really easy for teams to just hunker in at the in the paint. So I have a question. Just look. So right now we're roughly 50 games in the season. So that's a pretty good chunk. We, you know, we got... Yeah, we we got about 30 left for most teams. Taking two teams from each conference that you think has like a 10% chance to make the finals, who would you buy stock in making it? So like teams that would probably be out of the conversation, just off the top of my head, Brooklyn and Milwaukee would be out of that conversation. Uh, you you could probably pitch anybody else in the East, I guess. Miami would probably be out of that conversation, yeah, too. Miami's out of it. I guess Bulls are out of it, too, because Bulls are kind okay. of the and then in, out of that group. In the West, Phoenix is out of it. Golden State would be out of that. And I'm going to say Lakers. I'll give you anybody else. It seems pretty easy. Just And I'll even, get, I'll even give you Miami-Chicago, if you want. No, because that makes it okay, too easy. Fine. You know, you pick Miami. I think I'd take... More than Chicago, both of us did. You go ahead. I think I would take Philadelphia over both Miami and Chicago right now. Okay, that's fair. I thought we were excluded. Now you take it down a notch. How far is Phil- How far is Cleveland away from Philadelphia? That's why I said Cleveland I was just. Cleveland that's why I was just going to take away Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Okay. Oh, so you just wanted to make your Sixers lore standpoint? Mm-hmm. I think I would like to root for the Sixers because it seems like they're doing the right things. They're fighting the good fight on the Simmons thing. <laughs> but I can't really trust what they're going to look like in playoffs without knowing what they look like after the deadline. Mm-hmm. So ask me again in, what is it, two weeks, nine days? Okay. Nine days, yeah. And in the West, out of the teams, I'm going to say Dallas. Dallas? Okay. Dallas playing better. Dallas playing defense, weirdly, recently. And the Porzingis thing is still a mess, although I think he's played pretty well overall outside of the shooting. The shooting is bad this year for whatever reason. He's shooting sub-30%. But Dallas has gotten their defense all the way up to fifth in the league, which I don't think anybody expected lucas starting to play better so i think their offense is going to improve i think in a west where stuff's kind of unpredictable and we're saying phoenix is like the best team in the west which listen phoenix is really good but it's not like they have elite 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 talent right. i mean lucas the best player in that series that they play against each other i think dallas is a sleepy pick right now all right i mean i'm not gonna overthink it in the west you meant you did not mention Utah, so I'm going to pick them up just because they've been playing well. I don't like Utah specifically. Utah's lost many games in a row. Utah's lost many games in a row. Yeah. yeah. So they've, I won, mean, they, they've won a bunch of games. They've in been a with row. they've been without Gobert and Mitchell, so it's kind of hard to even gauge what's been going on with them. Yeah, if I I would go with the highest percent chances if I'm actually putting money on it, I'd go with Utah. I trust that Utah has a lot more possibility for it if the top two are out. They have a lot more talent. I mean, obviously, Luka's the most talented probably out of the six, uh, maybe second most talented out of the top six seeds in the West right now. You know, Warren Curry. Maybe third. Okay. All right. We can. We can. Jokic. Yeah, I know. You're right, actually. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't sure where the Nuggets stood. Anyway. Um, and now I've lost my point. But, yeah, yeah well, Utah just makes a lot of sense. 
Ingles is going to be gone. Maybe. I'm off Utah. I said I was off Utah before the season. I refuse to be back on Utah. So. No, I told you last year. Utah is that aesthetic team. They always mm-hmm. play well in the regular season, and they are Would, Wouldn't Dallas be the opposite? What has proven us that that would be any different? Listen, we can talk about the results. It's been two first-round exits, but last year they go to seven with the Clippers, who, in my opinion, were the best team in the NBA, besides the Nets. So there's that. I mean, Luka Doncic is going crazy. The Brunson's good. He's yeah. very good at basketball. Brunson's very good at basketball. I think Porzingis would be a good matchup in the situation because you can play him at five and have him stretch out and force Gobert to play some semblance of perimeter defense I think that would work out well kind of like what the Clippers did last year when they beat Utah without Kawhi Leonard I mean Dallas almost beat them with Kawhi Leonard and that's when Kawhi was going nuclear and playing at the peak of his powers so yeah they lost in the first round but I think Dallas is a team that is made for the playoffs and Luka Doncic has proven that he is ready for the playoffs and you can game plan whatever you want I mean he's an elite superstar talent which I love Donovan Mitchell. He's not on the same level as Luka Doncic. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not yeah. a huge Donovan Mitchell <laughs> fan until he converts to the Knicks at some point. <laughs> but I'm just saying that with Ingles gone, they're going to be looking to improve the offense or the you know the lineup right now. Mm. And I feel like there's a lot of easy pieces they could they could put together to get Burks. Right That's that was one of my key ones. Um, yeah, it's like Burks. It's if they really want to go nut nut, they could try to get Levert. They could try to. You know, I think for they're they're gonna they're gonna want somebody that can shoot. They're gonna want a consistent guy that can shoot. You know, high thirties from three. And Levert has not proven he can do that. That's fair, but you know, there's just a lot yeah. of options out no, there yeah, for yeah, yeah. winged guy, like wing sized guys that mm-hmm. can create, and that's exactly what they need. And it would be they'd be a lot better if they had Ingles and this other guy, but they'll still be better with just the other guy than Ingles. No offense to the guy. To yeah, yeah, Ingles. yeah, yeah. Ingles wasn't having a great year, and definitely sucks that he's out. It could be. Unfortunately, to say it could be the last time we see Ingles out there. He's going to be 35 by the time next season rolls around. And who even knows if he'll play next season based on... I mean, this is a midseason injury. So, listen, if he was a superstar, he might be trying to push it again. Right. But we'll see what happens. Props to Jingles, though. Good career. Good career for sure. Good career for sure. He'll Start be, a little late. and be pro- very fun NBA trivia at some point. Mm. Mm-hmm. Name X amount of Australian players. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, anything else we got, Phil? Um, I feel like we touched on something that we were going to get to later, but then we didn't. Cleveland was the only thing, but I don't, oh, yeah, even, not Cleveland. I I don't know if West. I... Was. We were, we were talking about somebody in the West, and we kind of dropped it for We were talking Warriors for a little bit. We were talking Lakers for a little bit. I could pitch Minnesota to you and see what you think about them. I'm Minnesota... T- hold. Because I've been thinking about this, all right? Right now, Minnesota's a seven, Right. They'd be playing Golden State if, like, the plane shapes out the way it should, which is a mess in its own, but whatever. Yeah. I think Minnesota's a, I think Minnesota's can, can upset a team. I think they could upset a team as well. It depends on who they catch. Like, you catch the Nuggets, 6-3 matchup, or whatever it is, 4-5 if they slip and Minnesota climbs up. That could be an easy one. I think the Nuggets are, you know, the big... The big bully with a target on their back right now, just because it seems so easy. You just let Jokic mm. go off, and then everyone else kind of. You're really hoping Austin Rivers just shoots a lot, essentially. <laughs> hey, yeah. I saw but him yeah. score 25 in Barclays. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've uh, I've admitted to my wrongdoings on the Anthony Edwards slander, so mm. I'm uh, improving myself. I'm working on it. <laughs> becoming a better man. Yeah, right now. Minnesota playing pretty solid basketball. They're a 500 team. D'Angelo Russell 
hurt. I'm not exactly sure when he's going to be back. I, th- I think he's still out. I could double-check that. <laughs> I, I, know he, so. I know he hurt his shin. Yeah, with Minnesota, the question for me is, are they going to play good enough defense? Right now, they're league average defensively. They should be better. They're just... Should they, they, they be better? I think they have enough athletes on the... Per- I think they could... They can model their defense after Chicago a little bit because I think they do have some perimeter guys. Everett's probably never going to be a great defender just on a commitment level, but they have other guys that can play a high level of defense. I guess the question for them is, are their defensive players going to be reliable enough on offense to cons- for them to consistently right. produce? I mean, guys like Jaden McDaniels, Josh Okogie, Aco- yeah, J- Vanderbilt's fun as hell to watch. I think they got a bunch of athletes on the perimeter, but are they going to have the attention to detail? Are they going to be able to guard pick and rolls consistently? I'm not sure, but a lot of talent on the outside. And D'Angelo Russell, another guy, is a negative defender. Right. But I, I I think Chicago, because you have your two offensive – it's it actually is more similar than I thought. Because when you, you got your two offensive fulcrums in Levine and DeRozan, efficient, playmaking – can do a lot of stuff, not really great defenders. You have Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, who aren't as good as Levine and DeRozan, but similar idea where offensive fulcrums can do a lot of pick and rolls, all that stuff. Neither are good defenders. But Towns is a lot better than Vucevic, both not great defenders. And then you fill in the blanks with your role-playing, shooting defensive players. The problem is Chicago, I think, has better guys at those spots than Minnesota does. Lonzo Ball has had a great defensive year. He's a much better shooter than Jaden McDaniels or Josh Okoge or Jared Vanderbilt. Alice Caruso, much better offensive player than any of those guys in Minnesota. So I guess that's the question. Yeah, no, I, I don't hate it as a as a light version. The Minnesota, or Minnesota Timberwolves are the light bulls, basically just because everybody's floor is lower on the Timberwolves where – uh, Levine and DeRozan are so great offensively. So is Anthony Edwards and Cat, but the defense drops so much farther down for Cat and Edwards than it does yeah. DeRozan and Levine. And then the same thing for the defensive pieces that are put around them. Their offensive ceilings with Caruso, Lonzo, even uh, what Derek Jones Jr. and Vooch, they go higher because they're more useful offensively than these Vanderbilt, um, McDaniel's, Noel, whoever else packages where they can play defense but their offense is coming along yeah 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 it, it'll be interesting we haven't seen towns in a playoff series since that 1a matchup with houston where he wasn't great but that was a very long time ago so i guess forgot about it yeah altogether. yeah probably should there's really no reason to not to but a lot of teams around the league doing some interesting stuff i think there's a lot of surprise teams this year which is cool to see but we'll see how it all shakes out come playoff time you got any last thoughts phil no all right, that'll do that. We'll talk more. Hopefully there's some cool trade stuff going on. Hopefully the Knicks make some moves we can talk about. It's been a little quiet on that front. If you but want my prediction, I'm saying none to one. For the none Knicks? For the Knicks, none to one. One would be a lot better than none. Yeah, I agree, but I think it's going to be... If the Knicks don't... If Cam Reddish is not in the rotation the first game after the trade deadline, then... I think it's been a failure. He was in the rotation last night. Mm, well, I was when we were up twenty with two minutes left. Rotation nonetheless. And Tibbs has to do the thing where he tears he, he he tears out his bench his 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 garbage time players. I never understood. Yeah, I hate that. I never understood why coaches did that. Just put them all in at once. Why why are you no differentiating flow, but... between three minutes of Jericho Sims to Reddish? The right. game's over regardless. You don't need to see the IQ Jericho Sims pick and roll right now. Yeah, so we'll see though. Yeah, hopefully we'll have some stuff to talk about come right. trade deadline. And if nothing happens, then we'll have to talk about what we'll what, what did not about. happen. Yeah.
So that'll be that. Follow us on Twitter at HoopScoopPod and listen to our podcast on all platforms. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.